don't shut it down. 80 people is great. You can get engagement with 80 people. So I would go ahead and do that. Another thing you could do is talk about tips and tricks that you have used. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Engage Groups podcast. I am your host, Sandra D or Sandra DeFreitas. <laughs> I was just talking on the weekend with my cousins about nicknames and Sandra D came up. So that's on my mind. So we are continuing our series of Q&As, and this is part two of our Facebook group Q&A. We have a question from Mary, Mary Kresnicka. So she asked, how can I get more interaction from my members and also grow my group? So this is a question I get all the time. And in fact, our next question is from Myra Tayo. Tayo? I'm going to... Maybe I'm saying that right. And her questions are, what are your top three tips for growing your Facebook group if advertising is not an option? So I had created this workshop called Grow Your Group. And if you go to engagegroups.com slash grow your group, you will see the sales page for it. So it was three different ways of growing your group when you aren't paying for advertising. So that is an option, but let me go through a couple of things. And we're also gonna to get to Mary's question. So how do I get more interaction from my members and how do I grow my group? So growing your group and engaging your group, every time you grow your group, you add new people into your group, the engagement will go up. Like the new energy of the new people coming in, they're looking around their group, they're exploring, they're interacting with posts and videos and Facebook lives in your group. That'll just naturally occur. So if anytime you could grow your group, okay? So have different strategies to grow your group, they will start to engage. To answer a buyer's question at the same time, top three tips for growing your group. Well, I'm going to say the very first thing is to have an exclusive event in your group, something that's happening in your group that gives them a reason to join the group. If they don't have a reason to join your group now, they're going to, they're going to say, oh, I'll, I'll join it someday. But what is going to get them to join that someday, right? Like what's going to be an incentive for them to join? So if you can get them in now with something more, an exclusive event or exclusive something in your group. So Here's one, we teach in my Engage in Profitable Groups program and also Community Driven Business Accelerator to have a welcome gift in your group. So this could be, think of it as a lead magnet for your group. It could be a PDF, could be a swipe file, could be a template, could be an audio recording, could be a video recording, but something where it's only available in your group. Now, Lynette Kozar in my group, she teaches people how to do mosaic crochet. So it's not just crochet, it's like an advanced technique of crochet. And so she'll be in groups and people will say in other crochet groups, people will be like, oh, does anyone know how to do mosaic crochet? And she's like, well, I actually have a video in my group that will teach you the basics to get you going in mosaic crochet. And she continuously has people join her group. She has grown her group. I don't have the stats in front of me, but I think when she, when we met in March, 2022, she had, I think, a 300, and now she's she's like 976, I think was the last number she told me. And when, so that's like five, six weeks later. It's pretty crazy just from this, mostly from this lead magnet, right? So it answers the question, how do I do X? And so she's got a video showing them how to do X, and it lives exclusively in her group, and so she's growing her group that way. So one of the top three tips is to have something that's very exclusive in your group, sort of like a lead magnet to get people into your group. Another one is to have an exclusive event in your group. So I, yes, you know, I'd love to run challenges. And when I run challenges in my group, it is inevitable that I will grow my group. 
based on that challenge. People want to come and join the challenge. And in order to get all the goodness of the challenge, they have to join the group. So they join, they register, I collect their email, but they are actually pointed to join the group because in there is where we're going to have all the training, all the accountability, all the implementation, et cetera. And so having a challenge in your group will also be a great way to get people to come in. So how do you promote that challenge? Well, if your challenge is great and structured well, and it's one of the things that I teach in the challenge launch workshop, and you can go to engagegroups.com slash challenge launch. In the challenge launch workshop, I teach you how to plan out your launch, plan out your challenge so that you give them exactly what they need and want. And you give them baby steps to get from A to B. And when others start to see that you're doing this, they will spread the word for you. They will spread the word for you to other groups, to other people that they know, because you know what? It makes them look good and it makes them look smart. When people find something that makes them look smart and they promote it, it makes them look good in front of others and they keep doing it. So that is one of the ways that we use a challenge to bring people in. Others would be like, there are people in my email list that are still not in my group. And so when I email my list and tell them there's something exclusive, like a challenge going on in my group, they will come onto the group. That is another way of bringing people into a group. And others have used things like Instagram, Pinterest, Clubhouse, et cetera, to promote the group. So the third tip to promote the group is make, brainstorm a list of where you can promote anything happening in your group or where you can promote your group, okay? So if you've got Instagram, so that's your Instagram posts, your Instagram stories, and Instagram reel. If you've got Facebook, it could be your Facebook page, your Facebook profile, could be your Facebook stories, could be your, yeah, so the, those options. If you've got Clubhouse, Clubhouse, Instagram, and Facebook, you can put all the links to your groups in your profile. So that is another thing to do. So there you go. The, like Brainstorm a list of where you can promote. Now, you might have a list of groups that you can promote to where they allow a promotion day. You could join venture with someone and say, hey, if I promote your group, will you promote mine? Or will you be a guest in my group? And I'll be a guest in your group. And we'll let our groups know that we're going to be live in each other's groups at whatever day and time, okay? And so if someone's in one group, they're gonna likely be okay with being in another group. So if you find someone that has a joint, not joint interest, but a complimentary thing that they teach that would be great for your group and you could do the same to them, you can have this partnership where I would go live in your group and I will tell my people that I'm gonna be live in your group talking about A, B, and C. And then you go live in my group and you tell your people, that you're going to be live in my group talking about X, Y, and Z, then that way your people will be brought over to my group and my group, my people will be brought over to your group. So that's another one. So May and Myra, I hope that helps and answers your questions. Natalia asks, how do you, you engage and post in your Facebook group when you have no one following you? When you have no one in your group yet, I think is what Natalia is asking. And so if no one's in your group yet, what I always have a standard post that I put up. So one is an introduction post. So when they go into your group, there is something for them to post. And then I will do something like maybe a poll or another kind of fun engaging post in there. So they have something to do, but 
you know, here's the thing. When, when I started teaching people about newsletters, people would say, well, I wouldn't say, I'm not going to send out a newsletter until I have hundred people on my newsletter list. It's like, okay, so are you, you know, that makes the people that are on your list right now feeling like they're not good enough until you have more people, right? It's like, you're not starting the dinner until everyone that was supposed to come is there. Meanwhile, people are late, right? So translate. So I'm thinking that start posting in your group when you have a couple of people in your group. They will feel special. They will feel welcome. They will feel part of the community right from the start. If you wait until there's more people, it's like, have you ever been on a Facebook Live and they say, oh, hey, everyone, thanks for coming. We're just going to wait for a few more people to come on. That makes those people that are, are on who took the time to come to your call on time feel like they're not good enough, right? Because there's just not enough of them. And it's an ucky feeling. So go ahead and post in your Facebook group, even if you don't have many people in the group, and then start promoting your group. Use the tips that I just gave on growing your group to get more people into your group. Have something going on in your group. You could do a Facebook Live. You can do, don't do a Q&A, but do like a little bit of teaching, but may, put the word out there that you're going to be teaching. Okay. And Natalia also asked, I have a free Facebook group I am working in launching soon. How do I get people to sign up other than my friends and family? All right. So I have a free, how do I get people to sign up? Okay. So one of the things I teach in the grow your group workshop, so engagegroups.com slash grow your group is I say, write out what your group is about and why should people join? So people are not going to join your group just because you created a group. What's in it for me? Why do I want to join? Do I learn something? Will I get something? Is there a valuable resource in there that I need to get? What are the expectations of the group? Who is the group for? Who's the group not for? And that could be something that you put out even on your Facebook profile. I am so excited. I have been wanting to have a community for a very long time. And so I'm finally creating my own community. The community, community, the community surrounding X topic. And we're going to be discussing this topic and, and then you just go on into detail. So what, what are you, what parts of the topic or what categories or subtopics are you going to be talking about? Why is this important to people in your, why did you decide to talk about this topic? And you go on. So you talk about what it is, why people are interested in it, what you're going to cover in this, in this offer, in this group. And what they're going to get out of it. So if you're just going to have a group and not have like your own kind of plan for the group, what you're going to cover, is there going to be challenges that week, that year? Are you going to be offering a founding member's launch and they're going to get in at a founding member's price? Are you going to be having guest speakers in? Are you going to be doing some kind of, not giveaway, but some kind of like you know, incentives to be in the group. What is it that you're going to be doing that would bring people in? So think about that, write up that, you can post it in your Facebook profile, you can post it on Instagram, you can post it, send it to your email and have this ready because this is something that you can post in different areas as you go. It could be something that you talk about when you're live in Clubhouse. It could be something that you, you know, people are going to want to join you if they know you're passionate about a topic. So Talk passionately about your group. How long should lives be? How long is too long? Asked Susan. You know, Susan, this is a great question. So I always 
think about the time when I was going to join a Facebook, there was an event in a group that I wanted to join because I was really interested in the topic. But because my son was young at the time, there was no way I was going to be able to listen to it during the live portion. So I intentionally went back to listen, to watch the Facebook live replay. It was an hour and 38 minutes long. And although I was really interested in the topic, I could not set aside an hour and 38 minutes to listen to this call. And so I want you to think about that when you're doing your own lives and try to keep them as short as possible. Because while some people will come on live, the majority of the people will watch the replay because that will sit in your Facebook group for a long time. So I like to keep it short. I like to aim for 20 minutes and I probably get to 30 minutes. So if you can aim for 20 and get to 30, great. Try not to go over 30. Now, Facebook Lives are great for that initial boost in your group and initial engagement. But if you're looking for that Facebook Live to either convert people into paying clients or to build a relationship with people, know that they're going to start looking at that Facebook Live and they're going to see how long it is before they press play. So when I found out that that Facebook Live was an hour and 30 minutes or an hour and 48 minutes, one of the two, I was like, okay, great. I'm really interested in this topic, but... I just don't have an hour and 38 minutes to, to watch this. So keep it short so that more people will watch the replay. Okay, Jessica Johnson says, curious if you have a specific mic you use when doing Facebook Lives. I'm wanting to do some teaching in the kitchen live so I won't be close up to the computer. Plus my internal mic is broken. Is there a particular mic that I should be thinking about for that? You would definitely want a wireless mic. And a wireless mic will allow you to be able to kind of move around. And while I don't have a wireless mic, I did use a mic that had, uh, I bought an extension, <laughs> an extension cord on it. And I can go in there and look at what it was that I bought. But I think that the one that I bought was a couple of years old and there's probably newer ones there now. So I would go to Amazon and look up a wireless mic and look for the best ones there for you. All right, next question. Sherry, I started a Facebook group for hairstylists. I have 80 members. I post ask questions with absolutely no engagement. I started it without knowing what I was doing, if truth be told. Question, do I, question is, should I close it down and start fresh? No, Sharon, Sherry, you could probably keep going. And with 80 members, that's great. So I would ask them a question that is very easy for them to answer. Like, Hey, what would you like me to cover in this Facebook group? What would you like me to discuss? Or one of the things that we have done in our challenges is we put out a poll and the poll would be, which of the following topics would you like me to cover in a Facebook live next week? If one of the topic that you would like to hear more about isn't covered, then please, then please list it in the poll below and we'll get to it as in our, or Please list it in the poll and then everyone will vote. I'll pick the winner come four days from now. And I will go live next week with that, with that question, with that. I will go live teaching that topic. Okay. That will get people in because they're going to want to know more about different topics in that industry, in what you're talking about. And you'll get to learn what it is that they need. So I would go ahead and do that. Don't shut it down. 80 people is great. You can get engagement with 80 people. So I would go ahead and do that. Another thing you could do is talk about tips and tricks that you have used 
or talk about little hacks that you've used or time-saving. Everyone's always into time-saving. So how can you teach the hairstylist how to save time? How can you automate things for them? Show them the behind the scenes of what you've done. Okay, our next question. Shannon asked, my friend and I are co-hosting a group as we are in the same niche with the same customer base. We are both Christian preschool teachers with many years of experience. We both have a blog and sell products on Teachers Pay Teachers. We want to use our group to help preschool teachers work in church-based programs. We want to use our business pages to interact. We have set them both up as admin, but one of the steps we did was allow profiles and pages. We're both listed as admin. We are the only ones in the group right now as we are in the setup stage. Can we change this feature back to only allow only profiles and still have our pages as admin? Do you have any advice for two people co-hosting? Yes. So you can have pages as admin and still, and then and the setting of who you allow in the group, profiles or pages, can always be profiles. You can add, put it to profiles. You can always add more pages, and your pages can still be admin. Because your admin is very different than how you how it's set up. Okay, so in groups, you can link your page to your group, and then from there, you can create that page as an admin as well. So you're good, good to go. So go ahead and change that to profiles. My advice for a TV while co-hosting a group is that just make sure your scheduling doesn't overlap. So let's say you're scheduling engaging posts or posts for launches, have one person do it or have some sort of document that you both can share of what you've scheduled because one admin can't see what the other person has scheduled in the group. So any the admin, so me as an admin, I can only see what I've scheduled. If there's another admin in my group, they can only see what they've scheduled. So you don't want to overlap your, your posts, especially if the two of you are launching something together, let's say. You don't want to have you don't want to have the two of you scheduling a same sort of like launch post at the same time or an hour in between. So you just want to make sure you've got that very cohesive. And then the other thing I would say is perhaps if you don't have like a community manager yet is to have, let's say, Shannon take care of administering the group for one week or two week period. And then I don't remember your partner's name. I'm going to say Rachel. I could be completely off. But, and then Rachel takes over the following two weeks so that you're alternating two weeks so that A, you're not, you're not always adminning your group. You're splitting that. And also, you know, if Shannon wants to go on vacation, she can, and that's kind of covered. And so that you're both not in there wondering, oh, I think the other person's adminning and adding people to the group. So I don't have to bother this week. You don't have to do that if you just have a set schedule for the two of you. All right, next we have our last question is Anjanette Figueroa. I should know how to say this, Figueroa. Figueroa. Oh my gosh, it's a Portuguese last name. I should know. Anjanette asks, <laughs> how often can you run challenges? For example, is once a month or, or just a month apart too soon? So if it's a challenge going into a launch, I would suggest one a quarter. Okay. So one where you're going to be selling at the end, I would suggest one a quarter. Those launches tend to be heavier than just 
or those challenges tend to be heavier than if you're just running a specific kind of challenge. If you're running, so that's why I say in one a quarter. If you're running a, and it's heavier for you and it's heavier for your audience, I will say. If you're running a challenge like a, what I call mini challenges, so there's a mini something for them to do every month, like right for 15 minutes, then you could do those, I would say every other month, like give them a month break. So if like this month's challenge is right for 15 minutes a day, great. And then skip a month, get them to vote on what they want the next thing to be about. And then you do that the following month. So maybe you're running six a year, which is quite a lot. I actually wouldn't even um, tell them that you're going to do them every other month. Play it by year. It could be that you do one in June, but you don't do one in July and August. You do one in September and maybe you do one in November. And then you see how that goes before you plan any others. Okay. All right, everyone. Thank you for joining me for this Facebook group Q&A. We've got some more Q&As coming for you very soon on challenges, on launches, on membership sites as well. So I will see you soon. Bye.